I sat there, still staring at my hand. It's only been a few minutes since Riley had left, but still his scent lingered in the room. I closed my eyes and tried to envision him. What he said had been so bizarre, but there was a truth in his eyes that I had not seen before tonight. Confusion washed through me as I looked around the room for evidence that what I just experienced had, in fact, happened. The truth, I found none, except for the ruffled mess that was my comforter, where he had been sitting. The sun had set, and it was dark now in my bedroom as I looked outside. The large oak that sat outside my window, the same tree that had scared me, almost to tear as a child, was comforting now. I looked past it as I glanced at what was causing the abnormal flood of light into the room. How ironic. A full moon. That's what all the fairy tales had said after all, right? A full moon. That's when werewolves came out, and that's what Riley had just done to me. He'd come out. Either that, or he'd played a practical, although terrible, joke on me. If it had been a joke, then why had he stood up from the bed so bewildered, so startled, and then hopped back out the window. If it had been a joke, why didn't he just simply begin laughing when my face was frozen in disbelief? I didn't know what to believe. So many things crossed my mind that told me differently than everything I had known from the beginning of my life. I recall a moment when I was young, and my grandfather and I had watched a werewolf movie on late-night TV. I remembered how obsessed I became with the whole idea of the mythical beast that could in a flash, changed from a weak human to an all-powerful wolf in less than a minute. The thought of the entire thing amazed me for years. It even got on my parents' nerves from time to time. The only person that understood was my grandfather. I remembered how, whenever we would go camping, he would make sure to tell me werewolf stories. Even the stories that he told me back then did not add up. All of them were different. Some told the wolves were descendants of Indian chiefs, while others were cursed beasts. Still, the story didn't matter much to me. The only thing that mattered was the fact that I was picturing these beasts in my head. They were mystifying, even though horrible and terrifying. He would tell me about their enormous jaws and their hellish eyes. He would enlighten me on what they ate. It was always people. Evil people people whom took other people out into the woods to murder them. Grandfather's way of painting the beasts in the light was that he portrayed them as less evil and more of a hero. I leaned my head back, and before I knew it, I was beginning to doze off. My eyes fluttered as they fell heavy against my cheeks, and before I knew it, I was dreaming. My mouth was red and sticky with blood. Crimson and wet, a moist, warm gash. The illusion vanishes, and I ache. My mouth in the tiny compact mirror hurts me, plagues me with memories that never happened, makes a phantom flavor burn upon my tongue, a flavor that I'm all too familiar with, but tasted in another time, another form that should have existed and does not. I set the mirror aside and put my mouth to my wrist, licking at the blood trickling down my skin probing my tongue in the clean, metal-tasting edges of the freshly slashed wound. He watches me, dark eyes hungry, and I put my teeth to his throat. He growls and threads his blood-sticky fingers through my already tangled hair, the sharpened tips of his painted and ichor-caked nails catching in the soft ebony strands 
and tugging at them painfully. I give him a swift, sharp, animalistic nip of retaliation, and then my nails are stroking his jugular. My canines are at the soft flesh of his neck, sinking deep into yielding muscle and releasing a corrupted fountain upon my tongue. The flavor of dark life and something dank, smoldering, and sweetly, warmly rotting. We grapple at each other hungrily, and he twists around me. We snap at each other like rabid dogs, lips parted, my nerve and bone canines to his prosthetics. The sweet, wet flavor of our blood running down our chins, flowing between our mouths, staining our skin with diluted pink and making delicious-smelling wet clumps in our loose, streaming hair. Blood from my wrist smears his chest, like the meaty gore of dying, and I tear away from lapping at his jaw and attack the fresh scarlet with a snarl.